Welcome, everyone. This is Robin Sills from Trinity Health of New England. Medically speaking, welcome to a new year. I'm going to say welcome to reggae music. (laughs) Welcome to our new year, and we're excited to have you with us um, in this new year. We are going to, as we do many times in January, we're going to start off um, our program with our um, talking about health and wellness, all those New Year's resolutions that we unfortunately tend to break over time, but maybe having some key speakers on um, for our listening audience that will help you stay within those New Year's resolutions and maybe give you a better quality of life because of it. Because honestly, with all the viruses that are out there and all the different things that um, affect us on a day-to-day basis, we need to stay as healthy as we can possibly be. So one of the resolutions that always happens this time of year is losing weight um, or getting on a healthy eating pattern or if we're someone that needs more help beyond healthy eating um, and needs some guidance, we've brought our expert physicians on tonight to speak with us. And we have one of our newer physicians that's part of our weight management and bariatric program, Dr. Zachary Solomon. Hi, Doc. Hi, hi, Robin. How's it going? Good. I almost thought we were going to lose our show to UConn. So luckily, we only have a half hour and we have a captive audience, which is a really good thing. So Dr. Okay, awesome. so, yeah, so Dr. Solomon is a physician at the Department of Surgery at St. Francis Hospital and with the Trinity Health of New England Medical Group. Um, a little background on Dr. Solomon. He cre- completed his fellowship in advanced GI, minimally invasive and bariatric surgery right at St. Francis. So you're one of our homegrown doctors which is exciting. And prior to completing your general surgery residency at UConn, um, you earned your medical degree at the University of Massachusetts Medical School, correct? Correct. Yep. So I've been in the area for quite some time now. That's awesome. And what, so let me ask you a question. So what made you choose this field of medicine? When you started out, what made you choose, particularly going down the weight management and bariatric field? Sure. Well, you know, first I ended up in surgery and I really just like being able to fix problems. Um, you know, like someone comes in with a, uh, an infected appendix, you can take it out, you can fix a problem. And, you know, bariatrics, bariatrics is an extension of that. And when I discovered uh, bariatric surgery um, through my uh, residency, you know, I realized that it had a little more continuity of care than some of the other um, surgical disciplines. Um, you know, I get to meet my patient um, where then when they're struggling and I get to help them a lot. And, you know, there's actually a pretty extensive pre-op workup process where I get to get to know the patient um, and, you know, help them jump through some hurdles before we even do the surgery. And then after surgery, you know, I'm following them for every, literally years, you yeah. know, I'm going to see them yearly after. And, and, and so we develop a relationship that's different from you know, other type of surgeons after they remove a patient's gallbladder or appendix, right. for example, where they can just wave goodbye and, you know, let's send them on their way. And so, you know, I like this, you know, and I and I get to know the patient through the good and, and the bad, you know. It's so nice seeing patients a year after surgery at their, um, after they've lost the weight, you know, and they're so happy and they can do 
new things that they never right. been able to do for years and years, you know, and it's it's great. The conversation totally changes. And so it, it ends up being really fun. So what because I'm sure you had multiple options, what had you stay in this area, particularly at St. Francis and with Trinity? What was what was it about the growth of the program here and the people that had you stay in this area? Because I know that it's a competitive market out there for physicians and everybody's recruiting. So other than your family, what what was the enticing piece to have you stay here? Yeah, absolutely. Well, honestly, I love teaching the residents Mm -hmm. and I did residency here. And so it was kind of like having 45 uh, friends and now new, uh, basically trainees, you know, of mine that uh, I I already knew. And so that was a little bit of an advantage staying. Um, But honestly, I love treating this population in Hartford and the Hartford area. Um, I, it's very similar to Worcester, uh, when I was at UMass medical school. Right. Um, and so, you know, I just, I don't know. I really like this area. Um, it's, it's, it's a good place to live, I think. And I think what's super exciting about our weight management program is that we have this as what we call a regional program, right? So you're based in our Hereford market, um, with a team of physicians, as well as we know we have, um, a team of physicians in the Waterbury market, as well as in our our Springfield market. So with this regional approach, it allows you to share best practices. Exactly. And so we're going to be learning from what they do at St. Mary's and Waterbury and, you know, um, all over. Um, and, and so at Mercy too. And so, you know, and we're going to be teaching them based on our, our practice. Right. And so I'm very excited for the Institute and, you know, to be able to start mm-hmm. to standardize things amongst all, all the regions. Um, but, you know, I think when it comes down to it is we're really treating people on an individual basis. Mm-hmm. And although we're talking about standardization, best practices, which is definitely important, right. I think it's even more important to talk about treating that individual. So let's get to that. So let's talk about how a patient gets to you. And, you know, we especially now, I know it starts New Year's Day. With all these commun- these commercials on all the different weight loss programs, every 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 brand out there has a commercial, and every resource has a commercial on the before and afters and what you can do. So you know, I'm sure there's times when a patient Googles and they're looking, you know, for a physician or for uh, just an answer. But how does a patient come to you? And when that patient comes to you, what are some of the first steps? Sure. So a patient can come to me through a referral through a friend, uh, referral through their primary care doctor. Mm. Um, and basically all that means is they have to get my phone number of my office and give it a call. Wow. Most insurances are going to allow that first visit without even a formal referral by their primary care. But again, that's another way people go. At their annual visit, they're seeing their primary care doctor. They're talking about wellness. Um, and, you know, weight is one of the biggest contributors to that, you know, whether it's mobility, getting around, or, um, you know, if a patient's on the verge or has already developed weight-related issues like diabetes or high blood pressure, that can actually hurt them. Mm. Um, and so, you know, it's uh, once, once they get to me, you know, I'll meet them. Um, you know, we kind of meet, meet each other, figure out, you know, people's jobs and their ability to exercise, their diet. Um, and we figure out the best plan for them, whether that's medical, 
uh, meeting medicines, like we actually have new injectable drugs for, for weight loss that are great, or bariatric surgery, which is actual surgery where we make incisions on the belly um, and we change your stomach um, in order to basically feel full faster. But that's not that's not the only thing. Um, Either way, so I'll though, talk to the. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Either way, it's a lifetime commitment, right? Exactly. Yeah. And it is. And so whether we're talking about the weight loss management um, and once people get to that weight weight goal, you know, it's about staying there and continuing with us and really remaining, uh, keeping patients motivated to continue that new lifestyle. And I loved what you said earlier, and you're saying it now to continue with us. So whatever the choice is, whether it be the weight management program using alternatives such as medications and working with our dietitians, or it is surgery, you're still going to be working with our dietitians and our weight management team beyond the surgery because the surgery helps you to jumpstart, right? into that new lifestyle, whereas the other method takes a while. So it's a commitment. Right. And so what I would say is sometimes we'll pair both together. Mm. Um, Some patients, the surgery on average is only going to take them a certain uh, percentage of the way. And so what we'll do is we'll start them with medicines. We have a three to six month waiting period for the surgery anyway, while people are seeing the dietitian, learning about the pre-op and post-op diet while people are getting um, their heart and lungs evaluated um, and seeing our behavioral health specialist. And so that all those appointments that are needed, they do take a while. And so in the meantime, we can get some extra weight loss by starting these patients um, on GLP-1 drugs, okay. which are these injectable drugs that they can inject weekly or sometimes daily um, if the week, weekly one isn't available. Um, and so with our specialists, that prescribe these in conjunction with bariatric surgery timed correctly, um, we can get more weight off um, and for longer than we've been able to before. Um, Because these drugs are actually pretty new. We've been using them more in the last five years than ever before. And it's important for them, some of the, particularly the patients that have quite a bit weight to lose and we can talk about what those numbers are and what the metrics are that you look at but for those patients to start jump starting it with the weight management piece it's important because it's a safer surgery for them when they've lost some more weight because it brings down some of those what we call the comorbidities like the the blood sugars and the blood pressures yeah, that's exactly true. It makes it an easier surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it a safer surgery. Um, and I think patients recover easier for, from it. Um, also, they already are in that mindset right. um, where they're already at, you know, a calorie restriction. Um, the diet after the surgery isn't going to be a huge drastic change anymore right. compared to, you know, someone that's not on already on a basically a weight loss program and so you don't have to be on the these drugs either you know we can do it without that too with Mm -hmm. guidance but they they definitely help so yeah because i think there's rewards right so patients like to see some immediate gratification to keep them motivated i would think absolutely and so often you'll hear patients stories and they'll say hey i lost 60 pounds successfully and then i gained it back and then i lost 90 pounds successfully i'm literally telling one of my patient's stories from today. Wow. Like, honestly, that was the story. And wow. so um, on Nutrisystem, for oh, example, yeah. that's, that's what that's what yeah. this patient did. And so, it, you know, people try really hard. They're really good at losing weight. But unfortunately, like the human body just, you know, it can't go past a certain point. 
usually, you know, right. some people can do it and that's amazing, but a lot of us can't. No, and, and as know, we so get the as we get older too, your metabolism changes. So what you were able to eat before, you can't eat now and everything's different. I would I would definitely think. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, there's horm- hormonal parts to it and the surgery actually affects the hormones too as do the that medication that I was that I'm talking about. And so that that does contribute as well. Um but but yeah, you know, it's a it's a big problem with people that, you know, aren't don't get the the surgery or stay in basically a medical weight management program um, that after a certain point with most diets, you know, people flip up and, you know, you can go back all the way. And so we're here to kind of catch people before they fall, literally, you know. And being, even if it's the weight management piece that they stay on and they're successful, the accountability to be followed, I would think is what keeps you motivated too. Yeah, it's definitely helpful. Because you got to answer to a scale. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. And, you know, some people some people just want to check in once a year and Mm -hmm. they're totally fine, you know. Um, And for others, it's harder. You know, 80 percent of people after a sleeve or a gastric bypass. Those are the two surgeries we do at St. Francis um, for weight loss. 80% are able to keep off the weight long-term when you look at them at like five and then 10 years. Um, But then, you know, there is a 20% that gain it back and we have to be able to help these, these people also. Um, And, you know, and it could be more common even looking out further because, you know, that's just 10 year data. Oh, absolutely. So when a patient comes in and we're going to, you know, we're, we're, putting them into our system. And that six month time frame is the weight management piece, but it's also an insurance piece, right? They have to do so much um, consultation and, and, and I guess they have to meet also with therapist, right? So there's a bunch of pieces that need to take place before surgery. Yep. Exactly. And I even like doing endoscopies before Mm. surgery. Uh, A lot of bariatric surgeons like doing that. Um, and so what we do um, is we bring the patients into the hospital. It's really a five or 10 minute procedure, but they do get anesthesia team to help them go to sleep and not, you know, not uh, basically be asleep during the procedure. Um, and with a long camera, I'll go down, take a look at the stomach, um, take some pictures, make sure that everything looks all right to go ahead and do the bariatric surgery that we think is safe. Um, and sometimes we'll find something like reflux that was really bad that the patient didn't realize about. And it will actually change our plan. Um, or, for example, a narrowing that the patient didn't realize, and that will change our plan. And so, so uh, I, I think that's an important part of the pre-op workup, even though, you know, not, not everybody likes to hear that, you know, they, they need a procedure to get right. another procedure. But, but, but it's the safe way to do it. Yeah, that's I've never heard this before. And I think that's so important because you are doing preliminary work before you actually go in and do surgery on a patient so that you have a game plan that's tailored for that person, as you've described. For sure. And I love being able to meet them and, you know, really get to know someone. I've seen them in the office. Uh, multiple times, you know, I've seen them at endoscopy before and after, you know, we've talked about the results of everything, you know, and I feel like by the time we get to surgery, um, we're comfortable with each other. And so it's, you need to build the relationship with the patient in order for everybody to have trust, you know? Absolutely. Um, And that's on both sides too, because this is a big deal operating on like someone's stomach um, and to change the way, you know, they think and feel about food and how full they are. 
um, it's a huge deal. And so everybody needs to be on board. So we talked about the types of surgeries. Why don't we talk a bit about, I know the most common one we use is the sleeve, right? Right. And so this surgery is actually very simple. Um, both surgeries we do, the first step is to gain access into the abdomen. Um, and so we can actually see the stomach itself. That's where the human stores the food. So if you imagine a human eating, putting food in the mouth, and you swallow it down, it goes down the esophagus. It's a long tube that kind of travels by your lungs and heart. And then that ends up in the stomach. It's a big, big reservoir, and it can get even bigger. And the human can fit, you know, a ton of food in there and way more calories than we ever need. And so that's part of the problem. We're not designed to lose weight, really. Um, so we, what we actually do is we redesign the stomach. So now um, what we do is we cut off 75% to 80% of the stomach. Mm. And the part of the stomach we cut off is the part that expands. So now, after surgery, you're left with um, a smaller stomach. It's the size and shape of a banana, mm. if you looked at pictures. Um, and basically, I, I tell people it fits about three golf balls or, <laughs> you know, um, <laughs> a banana, basically. Uh, and so, it, it obviously, you feel full faster, right? Because right. there's less um, stomach to fill. And so, um, that's, that's basically the whole surgery. It takes an hour. Um, uh, people are, you know, awake within an hour and a half. They're on the surgical floor, meaning the hospital, just the regular unit. Um, they're walking around. They don't have a catheter in their bladder wow. ever. You know, they're peeing normally after surgery. They're drinking protein shakes right after surgery when wow. they wake up. Um, as soon as they're, you know, talking and stuff. Um, and we'll have them drink protein shakes, little shot glasses worth of protein shakes, almost to train the, the brain um, to know your new stomach size. Because even though we tell them banana and golf balls and all that, you know, it's still hard to get the sense of how much I, you really need to eat after, after the surgery. And so, you know, more frequent meals um, and definitely protein shake replacements at first um, before you know, a month after basically the surgery where we can start switching to a normal diet, normal foods, maybe get rid of the protein shake meal replacements if possible. Mm. Um, but honestly, some people will keep those and like, and like the protein shakes and will keep those uh, way longer than just the first month. And uh, that's fine as long, you know, um, as they talk to me and the dietitian about that. And again, it's individualized, right? Right. And so everybody's on their own path. So that, you know, we talk about more frequent eating, but it's also when you're having that meal with your family, it's portion control because it's only so much that your stomach can definitely take. But it's making sure probably that the type of foods you're putting in um, are easily digestible, right? And not bloating, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. You know, um, and so there's a lot of types of foods that have a lot of calories, a lot of sugar, and a lot of carbohydrates. Mm. And at the dietitian visits, you know, the patients learn what are carbohydrates, like where are they hidden and things that we don't think they're in. Um, and, you know, what are some foods that are super common but that are actually not the best to eat after a bariatric surgery. Um, and to be just a simple, you know, high-protein um, high protein foods mixed with some fat and some carbs is, is kind of where we're, where we like to be. We don't like to totally restrict anything, um, other than things like alcohol, things like, you know, really unprocessed sugars, you know, things like, uh, 
you know, the, the typical chips and junk food type yeah. type things that are just very high calories and packed. And, you know, a small amount here and there isn't going to hurt right. or anything, but it's just the idea that it, it can't be a regular, regular thing, you right. know. And so sometimes people are able to train themselves, honestly, to do that snacking after a bariatric surgery. And sometimes they need a refresher course. And we're here for that, too. Wow. Because there is a lot, you are retraining yourself for a new lifestyle. I mean, I think you have to think about it that way. It's This is a whole new way of living and eating is part of that. Exactly. And we can't lie. There are sacrifices, right? right. I mean, uh, the patients can no longer eat a big meal, you know, no longer can eat a lot of types of foods that they may have loved in the past. But it's a sacrifice for their life, you know. Um, it's People are living a lot longer after weight loss. Um, mm. They're able to do activities they were never able to do before. And so, you know, it's definitely a balance for sure because, you know, every we can't go, go on without eating. We all need to eat. Um, but it's, so it's really one of the hardest things. Uh, but I, I think bariatric surgery, surgery certainly is a great thing for a, a lot of people that are struggling. Definitely. You know, back in the day, someone would say, oh, you had to have surgery. You had surgery. That's how you lost weight. But there's so much more to it because it's a weight loss program at the same time. Right. Right. It's not just it's really just a tool. Right. We always, um, you know, emphasize that with patients that you're the patients doing the work. It's right. not us. It's not the surgery itself. That just makes it it makes it doable. It's a tool to make it doable. You can't build the house without certain tools, right? And so you can't lose 100, 100 150 pounds, 200 pounds without certain tools. It's you, It's honestly, I would say for most people, like 99% of people, it's just not doable. So are there patients that the sleeve after having the surgery and, you know, after a period of time, are there people that fail? And what can we do? So to help there them? are, you know, and there's various reasons for that. And as I kind of alluded to just a little before, you know, sometimes people learn to snack all day mm. and kind of fill their sleeve up every 15 minutes and let it empty. And so if you're really um, doing that, you know, you can regain weight. Um, if you have sugary drinks, those go through the sleeve very quickly you know, and sometimes it is a dietary thing and we can focus on that. But often, you know, um, we can't pinpoint anything specific and a patient is still struggling with weight gain after the sleeve. There luckily is another option and we can, uh, we can see if they're candidates to switch the sleeve with surgery um, and we can convert that to a gastric bypass, which is the other surgery we do. And we can get some extra weight loss with that and that can help um, make uh, patients feel full again um, sooner and, and can help them kickstart weight loss again. Um, and then if, you know, patients have had the bypass, you're probably wondering, you know, what if I had a bypass right, then? Right. Um, there actually is a procedure for that. Um, it's actually not a surgical procedure, which is even cooler uh, because it's minimally invasive, no incisions, and it's mm -hmm. with a, uh, an endoscopy scope. 
um, which I was talking about earlier, um, the camera to look yep. in the stomach before yep. we even do any surgery. Mm-hmm. So there's a different type of camera. It looks just a little uh, thicker than the other. Um, so instead of a long, thin snake with a camera on the end, it's a long, slightly thicker snake with a camera on the end. And we actually are able to put a suture material at the end along with a needle. Um, And we have a mechanism so we can do what's called endoscopic suturing. And with this, um, well, first, what we have to do is evaluate the bypass, as you might imagine. We have to take some pictures, look at the connection. But often, the connection is much bigger than we think it should be. Mm. And so, um, you know, again, going back five or ten years, um, not a lot of people were doing this. But now it's actually a pretty common way to revise the bypass connection and shrink it to make it smaller. And so now patients are going to feel fuller um, and they may have lost at some point that sensation of fullness and feel like they can just eat and eat and eat because literally their bypass has turned from a little, you can imagine a pouch with a little small hole in the bottom Mm. um, versus just a long tube and like a straight shot down. And so we want to recreate the pouch with a hole um, basically um, to slow down the food. Uh. And that's the idea. And so we can do that with, uh, an endoscopy. And so that takes about an hour. Patients are asleep um, and awake and go home the same day even. And we pair that with a diet and uh, just kind of like the bariatric surgery. So after that surgery, you're waking up, you're getting protein shakes. So you can do it at home because you never had incisions. So it's pretty cool. Wow. So it's slowing down the food from leaving the stomach, helping you to feel fuller longer. Exactly. If you imagine a little baggie, you know, and make a small hole in it, that's what we want. We want the bag to be able to fill up and have that kind of stop and then drain out slower. Um, And so there's a there's actually a diameter that we're looking for. You know, we we can measure that that connection um, and that that we make in the bypass, um, basically the exit to the baggie. And we can resize that. Um, ideally, we're able to shrink it a little smaller if it was too big. And so that's kind of what we can do. And that, um, at least data has shown so far, to get 15 or 20 extra pounds off in conjunction with diet and exercise. Wow. And so if we add medical weight loss to that, we can even get more. Wow. So it's honestly, it's, it's, it's pretty good these days for um, what, what options we have. And this is somewhat newer, though, right? Right. Um, honestly, I haven't done too much of it just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and my partner, Dr. Bittner, has been doing a lot of these, mm-hmm. um, as does a lot of surgeons around the area. Um, but, but yeah, um, I think it's, you know, people use it to actually do things called endoscopic sleeves, mm-hmm. which is where instead of cutting off 75% of the stomach, they almost suture it off with wow. this tool. And so that's actually a little beyond my scope, honestly. Right. Um, so if a patient was interested in that, I would have to find them a surgeon in Boston, probably. Um, I think, uh, you know, or, or reach out to some of my colleagues and, and, and find someone that does that. Right. Um, and that can be useful for patients that maybe their heart and lungs can't handle a surgery. Right. And that might be the only option for right. them. But, um, you know, it's newer. It's not been proven nearly as much as a sleeve or a bypass. Right. And as of now, I'm comfortable doing the, the formal sleeve and the formal bypass um, and then using the suturing to revise the bypass and make it a little more narrow. Because it provides you with the longevity, I think, that we're looking for. 
Yeah, exactly. For these patients. So believe it or not, half hour went super quick. So I want to make wow. sure that we Yeah, I know. <laughs> so I'm going to I'm going to reserve the right to have you come back and do more in the future if you For don't sure. mind because I definitely think we should do a pot, part 2 to our podcast. So, um doc, if you had any words of wisdom to those that have made those new year's resolutions um and really are looking to start on a better lifestyle, what would that be? Um, You know, I would just say that it's difficult. There are ups and downs and we're here for you. And a lot of people, they need help, you know, and so some people can do it on their own, but I think that they're in the minority. And I think, you know, uh, you know, we're here to help patients um, if they're not interested in medical or surgical um, or surgical options, you know, there, there are also, uh, diet, dietary modifications and other stuff we can help with, you know? And so I think sometimes talking about it is, is great too. And just finding a path, um, for, you know, each individual is, is definitely doable. Um, but yeah, my, my words of wisdom are, it's very difficult to find help. (laughs) Yeah. So do, don't, don't do it alone. Don't do it alone. Don't do exactly. it alone because if you sign up for a fad, right? If you sign up for a fad, it's going to be quick, you know, and and yeah, definitely may not have the longevity. So we had with us tonight uh, Dr. Zachary Solomon. You can find him on our website trinityhealthofne.org. He is at our St. Francis location and also multiple locations, Farmington as well as West Hartford. Um, but please go on our website. There's a contact phone number, 860-714-5237. Thank you, Doc, for joining us. Okay, thanks so much for having me. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Thank you, everyone, for joining us tonight, and we will be back in two weeks with more great programming from our physicians. Have a great night.